Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Dye. Be careful what you say now. You could get a fine. That's true. That's true. Before we, we do anything, first we got to talk about the the lead story right now everywhere. Oh, and, the, the shooter. Yeah. Yeah. In Lewiston, Maine, this guy named Robert Card walked into a bowling alley and into a restaurant and he slaughtered. At Walmart. Yeah. Well, no, he didn't go into the Walmart. Walmart oh, said that. No, the Walmart said uh, that well, was I'm the. By the way, said, yeah. that was the initial story. The initial story was three locations. Walmart issued a release saying it w- it didn't happen on any of our properties. So uh, now they're back in office and saying you know, it was only two locations. He killed twenty two people and wounded uh, scores more. They're not really 50 giving to it sixty. Yeah, well, they that, said even, 50 even to those, sixty. But that no, no, be. no, no. Let me. That's the press saying fifty or sixty when they could had be the more. Po- could be less when they had the police do the pre- the uh, presser last night. I watched it. He said, we're not giving any figures out right now because we just don't know how many. That's what he said, the police spokesman. So what we're getting right now, and this is why we talk about this. We talked about this before the show started, that in a a situation like this, it's hard to believe any of the facts that you're getting right now because they're fluid. They change. And And the reason behind the shooting changes too, so you can't judge anything. The first thing I thought of, was that it It was terror-related. I thought it was some uh, person who was venting. Now, what I did hear yesterday from one of the reporters, and it slipped through the uh, the cracks and nobody's talked about it since, was, it was that Lewiston has a, a big Syrian population, a big Middle Eastern population in Lewiston, Maine. So, you know, you, 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 my first thing was to make a connection with the Middle East. And now they're saying, well, this guy was a... Army veteran who was a former weapons instructor, his name is Robert Card, uh, they said that over the summertime he complained of having uh, voices in his head, and they literally put him in an institution for a couple of weeks and then inexplicably let him go. He said, Bill, that he was hearing voices saying to shoot people on the National Guard base. You would think hmm. that maybe, just maybe, they would have kept him in longer than two weeks. You know, I, I, I find this, uh, we live in strange times. You know, you probably have seen videos, uh, these ghost TV shows where they'll go into uh, Penhurst or they'll go into right, all right. these different places that are abandoned. They, they used to be institutions that were designed to, uh, you know, as, as hospitals for the mentally, uh, de- you know, deranged, the people who had uh, mental issues. And we got, we got woke over the years, especially in the 70s. And we started to say, well, maybe those people shouldn't be institutionalized. Maybe we should have halfway houses. Maybe we should let them be medicated at, at home. You know, don't, why are we putting them in, in these institutions. So we started releasing them back into society. We started closing down these institutions. And before you know it, they were abandoned. They, they were empty. And maybe we shouldn't have been so uh, quick to do that. You know, I mean, now I think we have an issue in this country. We have a lot of people who need treatment who are not getting the treatment because we don't have the facilities to take care of them. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, a case in point is uh, 
who's the governor in uh, uh, is it Kentucky? Uh, anyway, he's uh, he's um, he's done some early releases, and uh, on one particular occasion, he did an early release of somebody, and they they went right back out to their life of crime, and you can't do that. We're not addressing the issues properly. If somebody has a condition for whatever reason, uh, that doesn't mean you lock him down forever, but you treat the problem. We're not doing that. They at all. They used to. There's a place in. Um in West Virginia uh, called Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. That's what they called it. They And they, see, that's another thing. Yeah, thing. You know, the these trans, names. Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. It was made around 1863. Initially, it was uh, uh, built by, it was, right, it was built during the Civil War. And first it was, a, a, they used it as a hospital for Union soldiers. And then when the rebels and the Confederates moved uh, north into northern Virginia, because at the time there was no West Virginia. You know, West Virginia was a part of Virginia. And it, it, what happened was it became a Confederate hospital for a while. And then after the war was over, it reverted back to being a mental institution. And they expanded upon it, but they used to do experiments there like lobotomies. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know whether you know what a lobotomy is, but literally, I think they go with metal probes through the nasal passage into your frontal lobe and they they say they disengage the frontal lobe they scramble the frontal lobe and make the person if they were hostile or aggressive they become suddenly passive they just have no interest in life and and it's and it's not a natural uh remedy to the problem it is it is uh it's it really is kind of vile yeah, they kill the brain function. Exactly. But, you know, Bill, they, they build these hospitals and they say, well, it's built for 2,000 people. And within 10 years, there'd be 15,000 people in a space that was built for 2,000 people. Instead of expanding the facility to meet the needs, they just jammed them in there. And, and it went from being therapeutic to being a prison. You know, and that's we we've got to. We, I don't think that mental hospitals are wrong, but I do think we have to treat them seriously, and we have to have the right therapies, the the right size facilities, and we have to have both the patient and the public protected because of them. You know. Yeah, you know when you bring people in, you got to get to the bottom of why they are this way. We need to study it more. But that doesn't mean you use people as guinea pigs, and that doesn't mean that you institutionalize somebody forever. It is a touchy situation, and it's, you know, if let's say that you, you were a little touched, and all of a sudden you come out and you're okay. Well, where are you? Where are you? Well, I was in the loony bin, you know. It's, it's, well, it you is, are, that's um, a good point. There has to be, maybe we have to be more uh, accommodating for the patients, too, when they come out and they've been, they've been remedied, they've been... They have been cured of their issues, you know. Maybe if there's a maybe there's a medication they're taking which makes them feel more normal. But whatever the case may be, we shouldn't we shouldn't put a stigma on them like a like the Scarlet A used to be on. Uh, you remember so the Scarlet yeah. Letter? Oh, he's a he's been in a lunatic uh, asylum. My God, he's nuts. No, no. Maybe we shouldn't be so. But this guy here, this Robert Card, mm-hmm. based upon the facts we have now, and again, he's still on the run as of this. As of this broadcast, as we do this, he's been on the run since probably 8 or 9 o'clock last night. 
maybe maybe even longer. So God knows where he is right now. They have a manhunt, a real big manhunt going on right now in Maine. Lewiston, I've been through Lewiston when I was younger, and uh, it's it's like got 40,000 people in Lewiston, Maine. Um, yeah, but this guy knew what he was doing beforehand, so he knew that he would be on the run, they, I would think. They found his car, Bill. They found his car, which says to me either he stole another car or he's a survivalist and he's out in the woods. And if you've ever been to Maine, you've been to Maine, right, Bill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been to yeah. Maine. Maine has woods. They have there's places where you can go to and they'll never find you. I mean, you're you're in the middle of nowhere. It's uh, it's it hasn't been touched ever, you know. I mean, it goes back to prehistoric times and it's still the same look. Um and you might and, even run to some prehistoric people there. I don't know. This this that's true. This guy he, you know, he may have a a, a house, a, you know, a, some little shelter up in the middle of nowhere that he can go to that nobody knows he has a cave it, it could be bill that's a great point he could have a cave we don't this guy may be a survivalist um why he did what he did i don't know but you know i was going to mention this and i'm glad do yourself a favor folks while we're all looking at this story and it's going to be everywhere today it's going to be everywhere tomorrow while all of this is happening, all of this pay attention. attention, pay attention to what's happening behind the scenes. The stories that we normally would have had at the top of the headlines are going to slip behind the scenes. Things will happen in the background. We, we, we were looking at the Middle East and the problems in the Middle East, and, and suddenly we have this grabbing our attention. What's happening in the Middle East or with Joe Biden? What's happening with Joe Biden while this story is sucking up all the oxygen? Well, I can tell you one thing about Joe Biden and, and his son. Apparently the FBI, they had numerous, you know, accounts, you know, damning accounts against Joe and his crime family and Hunter. They go back to when he was uh, vice president uh, from the beginning all the way through now. They've known this. They've had it. They did nothing then, but now, yeah, yeah, we, we, we've got all that intel, and they are doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where they say they had 40? 40. Four? Yeah, wow. That's, that's and amazing. you know, whatever number they give you, it is always more. Yes, it's, mas uh, it's massaged. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a massage number. By the way, when I talked about Kentucky, mm -hmm. it's 70% of the criminals that have been released by uh, Andy, um, what is it, uh, Bashir? Bashar? Uh, anyway, yeah, I think he's Bashar. I think he's a, a Democrat. Am I correct? A yeah, he's a Democrat governor. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's going. He doesn't understand this, but apparently uh, they went straight back into their life of crime when they got out early. Because what the hell else? Do, we don't rehabilitate. We don't do anything. And he goes and puts them back out there. And sometimes a criminal is a criminal, and you got to wonder why we have. So much crime in America, because usually that means society or somewhere we've made a mistake and let some people down. Mm. Boy, Bill, you know, we've only been on the air for uh, 12, 12 minutes so far. <laughs> I mean, it, this has been a, a heavy 12 minutes. There's so much happening in our world right now. So much happening. And hey, we got a new speaker of the house. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that now. Up until this week, had you ever heard of Mike Johnson? 
Never heard of him, but he won every single Republican vote. Lockstep, and the Democrats went lockstep that way. So it was 220 to 209, all, uh, you know, he got it all. But the Democrats, from what I understand, because he is a hard writer, are worried. They are really worried because I, you know, I'm wondering if that 220 solid vote, which is kind of rare for the Republican Congress, if that's not a signal, all right, we're going to march forward now with everything. Gloves are off kind of thing. Yeah. Gloves are off. Here we come. Warming up, and uh, they're worried about it. Now, you're absolutely correct. What I've read about this guy is that he's a strong MAGA supporter. He uh, is pro-life. He's basically a a fan of He believes the election was stolen? Yep, he's a fan of President Trump, believes it was stolen. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, I watched him give his speech yesterday when he was talking in front of Congress. And he was very conciliatory to the to the left. He was welcoming to the left. You know, he was talking about how he was going to reach across the aisle to our Democratic friends. Uh, we know we have our differences, but we also have common ground, that kind of thing. You know, and I was thinking, okay, maybe this is what he has to say when he's making this speech in front of a joint session of Congress. But uh, I don't know. He... he uh, He's he's an unknown to me. I'm not going to jump oh, on his. To me too. I'm not going to jump on his bandwagon until I see him do something. You know, we we're, we're being told how many times have we all been disappointed by people that we've been told are they're one of us. Oh, they think just like us. Oh, they're backers of President Trump, and then before you know it, they turn their back on you. You know, and turn their back on what you what you believe in. So I'm not going to jump uh, into uh, his his corner until I see something, you know. Not going to jump into the fire. I don't know this guy. I mean, a truly Oh, neither do I. You know, we we were we knew Jim Jordan. He was a known commodity. We had seen him do his thing uh for for years and I was impressed by Jim Jordan because I I think I kind of had a feeling for how he believed and how he performed. Um you know, I, I even knew what kind of guy Kevin McCarthy was. He was um, middle of the road, more to the left, n- nowhere near as strong as a guy like Jordan or even Steve Scalise, who I also felt that I knew a little more. This guy, Mike Johnson, is a complete unknown to me. I mean, I, I don't know a darn. He might as well be, you know, you know, Ronaldo Foonman for all. I don't know this guy. What is this? Who is this? But he's the new Speaker of the House. He seems like a nice guy. They say he has um, values similar to ours, so we'll have to see what he does in the long run. They're saying they're going to jump right in and get the people's business done, so uh, I'm only hoping. Um, President Trump, you, you mentioned him yesterday. He was in court. And you know he, you know what he got, which I thought was neat. This guy Angeron, this judge, right? He, he's a, he's he's a nut. I I mean, with all due respect, Your Honor, he's a lefty he, nut. He, yeah, yeah, okay. With all due respect, Your Honor, you're nuts. Okay, I mean, I'm not being called into your courtroom for say you're nuts, <laughs> and I'll tell you why I think you're nuts. Because first of all, remember that goofy picture he took the first day of the courtroom session, where mm-hmm. he took that silly smile. 
Uh, you know, he looked like he was deranged, I thought. And this is the judge? Um, well, yesterday, uh, they had Michael Cohen, who is a... He, the guy Known a, liar. He, yeah, he's a... He's a known liar, Billy. Exactly right. And he was a witness against Trump. And, um, well, first of all, the judge said to Tr President Trump, uh, did you say this, this, th and this? And pr President Trump said, tr Trump said, no, Your Honor. I was talking about uh, your witness here, uh, Mr. Cohen. And the judge said to him, I don't believe you. That'll be $10,000. Right. They've made Trump a uh, Democratic political pinata. And number one, sitting there doing this thing is a violation of his First Amendment rights and anybody's. And as a matter of fact, this has been fact-checked before, but the simple fact is, you know, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Well, he's not Congress. He has no authority. Oh, I'm a judge. Well, no, you can't do that, sir. And by the way, you know, there have been cases after cases filed against people's freedom, including socialist, where the government came down. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, no, you can't speak out again. And they won in court because it is their freedom of speech. You can't suppress it. You've got liberal protesters that are now politicians that were protesting the war in Vietnam. No, they, they won their right to freedom of speech. Ah, but Trump's a conservative. There's the difference, you see. You know, he's a conservative, and that, that, Bill, this is crazy. Every judge, local, state, or federal, they take an oath of office, and in every oath, it says they, right. they vow to, to, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, which is what you just read. You just read from the Constitution of the United States. And yeah, I, I keep it right here, but you know what? Just to put it bluntly, the Democrats wipe their rear ends with it because they don't believe in it. And so they are here to dismantle it. They want to do, they want, you know, they've amended this thing to pieces over the years. They want to sit there and break it down entirely. They want to take any fabric of America. What I find interesting about it. the left, though, is they use parts of it to, if it helps them, themselves, if it helps them to, to uh, defend themselves, you know, to, present a story, then they will point to the Constitution. But like you said, when they're trying to uh, change the narrative, many times they'll disregard or simplify or poo-poo the Constitution. Oh, that doesn't apply here. You know, President Trump has a right to free speech. He has a right to free speech. You know, even guys like Al Capone didn't get gag orders thrown at them because of what they were saying. Yeah, you know, Al Capone used to walk out of court and they'd talk about uh, the judge and talk about the that if they have no case and they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, and he was a known gangster, you know. Uh, you don't, with President Trump, he was the president of the United States of America, President Trump, whether you liked him or not, and this judge is treating him like a common criminal. You know, and I, I was amazed, not really amazed, I was pl pleasantly surprised at after the judge fined him, he then had, I guess they had Cohen go up on the stand, and President Trump's lawyers 
uh, just tore him apart. I mean, literally, uh, they got to a point where they said to Cohen, did President Trump force you to do something? I forgot what the exact wording. And Cohen said, uh, no. No. And, and Trump, that should have been, the lawyers then said, Your Honor, that's the whole premise of this whole case. This guy has admitted that it never happened. Uh, uh, we asked for a mistrial and that this case to be dismissed. This clown, Angeron, and he is, like I said, he all he needs is the floppy shoes, the big red nose, and a horn on his belt. That's what this guy is. I, th I see that all the time on him. Well, Wait, he's this, not wearing that? This oh. clown didn't dismiss the case. So President Trump, not he didn't wait till the court was over. President, President Trump stood up right in the middle of court and walked out of the courtroom, and he went into the hallway to a waiting press and said this. You can hardly hear it with that tape, but what he said was mm -hmm. uh, the witness just admitted uh, that we didn't do anything wrong and we won the trial and it should have been dismissed. And then, but Trump was obviously angry. He was angry. And I, I love the fact that, you know, what essentially he was saying to this guy, Angeron, go ahead. I'm the former president of the United States and I'm the leading candidate for president of the United States. Stop me from leaving court. He just got up and left. And How much do you want to bet that Trump's numbers sometime in the next few weeks, unless the media uh, manipulates it, mm -hmm. and they will, they, they've been doing that a lot, but then the num real numbers come out. He's in the 60s right now. And how much do you want to bet his numbers are going to reach into the 70s and 80s? Because the more they do it, the more the people are going, wait a minute, this is pure bull. Yeah. And um, at some point in time, they're just going to get fed up. And, you know, the media is, is complacent. You know, they're, they're a part of this, too. I mean, they're oh, stinky. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, you know time, what Bill. was it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see here what I wrote. Um well, well, there's 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 the guy with the recordings, the uh, the Australian businessman. Oh well, we got recordings that are damning to Trump, showing that he did stuff knowingly illegal. You know, because they got the recordings. Well, well, that was this with, was, were these the recordings supposedly with Mark Meadows? Uh, the, was he the businessman? Because this was a no. Mark Meadows was no, Mark no, Meadows no, no, was no. his chief of staff. No, but but, but I, well, while I, go ahead, Bill. Well, I was going to say what my point is. The news is sneaky. They're saying these recordings are proof positive that Trump is uh, is a crook and a thief and a liar. They're not recordings of Trump, but you would think that from what they're saying. No, it's an interview with this said witness saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I overheard him on many occasions, and and I heard this and I heard that hearsay. It's you can't believe anything you hear in the news. Absolutely correct. The reason why I mentioned Mark Meadows, he was Trump's chief of staff. The media came out yesterday and said, well, you know, uh, supposedly Meadows has a deal now 
where he won't be charged, but he will uh, testify that Trump said X, right? I forgot exactly what, what it was. I'm not going to quote it. So the, the, someone at, I think, Newsmax went and got the file that of the, uh, the meeting where this supposedly happened, and he listened to the whole recording, and it didn't happen. It completely right. did not happen. So they're trying to fabricate stories. These exactly these people are with all evil. Diverse, they're you're you're exactly right, and they're liars. They are evil, Bill. They're making up stories. You may if you don't like Trump, at least agree to win fair. But they're not. They're not doing that. They're making stuff up. And they're trying to ruin this man any way they can well, because every day we get closer and closer to the to the election. And like you said, Bill, he just keeps rising in the polls. Yeah, but you know, you throw enough crap on the wall, sooner or later something sticks. And they want we are getting closer to the election. And they want to find they they either want to stumble Trump up with the numbers where the people don't vote for him in, in lockstep, or they want to sit there and build enough of a case in the court of public opinion. Oh, he's saying we stole it again. Yeah. But, but look at all of this, you know, and this is their case. They're building their case to really, in my mind, steal it again, say, no, 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 no. He's, he was a liar and a cheat back then. And he's a liar and cheat now. You know what? They're just downright damn liars. Wow. Period. Wow. This this is amazing. And I happen to agree. I think they're trying to set him up for the fall again. Yeah, it's that's all it is and it's it you know, th this is beyond political jousting. This no. is way beyond. This is just evil. Mm -hmm. You know we were talking about stuff bill that's happening behind the scenes and and nobody's talking about yeah. One mm -hmm. of the one of the things that's happening behind the scenes, and I saw this story uh, yesterday, is apparently uh, the Ukrainians are getting their fannies kicked in uh, mm -hmm. in the battle in the war in the Ukraine. They are, apparently are losing thousands of their troops. Uh, the Russians are just having their way with them. So what happens when this happens is that they don't talk about it. The media stops talking about the Ukraine. You know, they, I heard someone say, "Well, that's why we had such a long problem with the speakership because they they wanted to, everybody to focus on the speakership and the fact that uh, we weren't giving money to the Ukraine." You know, their answer is send more money to the Ukraine and more stuff to the Ukraine, and that'll give the Ukrainians a better chance. But if you saw the videos that I saw yesterday, you may have seen them, Bill. They were on uh, online. Uh, they are uh, the Ukrainian soldiers. God bless them. They're getting they get getting annihilated, getting getting brutalized by the Russians, and uh, they're not winning right now, folks. It's not happening. And no. uh, I don't. I, I I just don't know whether we're on a fool's errand in the Ukraine. You know, maybe we should be well, talking peace. Well, we're wasting our money. We're wasting our soldiers. We're wasting our hardware. We're wasting our ammunition, and. I think any idiot would even tell you that we are on the the verge of World War III. And are we ready to go to war? Are we prepared for war? Can we fight a war? I would answer no on all those fronts. It's funny you should say that. Elon Musk was on an interview show yesterday, 
Here's what he said uh, with regard to what you just said, Bill. Diplomacy whatsoever. I, I think we are sleepwalking our way into World War Three. Sleepwalking our way into World War Three, with with one foolish decision after another, uh, as you as you outlined, David. Um, and and really, people should be deeply self-reflective. If they if their predictions have not come true, they should consider whether perhaps their other predictions might not come true either. I mean, what is the track record here? You it's know, not good. This is a guy who is uh, a thinker. Hmm. Whether you like Elon Musk or not, I mean, the guy is a futurist, and he's a thinker. He spends a lot of his time observing and thinking, seriously thinking. And that's why I, I would submit that he's been so successful. I mean, who thinks about building a, a company on rocket ships? He did. Yeah. I, you know, I wonder, because he's getting more politically motivated. He never really was. And now... He's got his he's got his right foot in. Da, 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 da. He's not doing the hokey pokey though, friends. He's he's speaking the truth. And I wouldn't say he's a conservative. I wouldn't say he's a liberal. Uh I would say, you know, he's probably, you know, just a I don't even want to say a moderate. Libertarian, you know, he, or, maybe. Maybe a libertarian. I think he's a communist, not communist, but you know, just a, a common person that wants common sense. Yeah. You know, in in politics. But he sees the writing on the wall. And I got to wonder, you know, uh, what is he, in his late 40s, he's, early 50s? He's probably in his 50s, uh, but he looks a lot younger. When you're, worth, okay. when you're the richest man in the world, you can afford to keep yourself well-kept, as they would say. <laughs> would he be a good, would he be a good uh, politician? Because he I don't know whether he wants to jump into that. He doesn't no, need it. No, but... No, he doesn't need it. And obviously, you can't buy him because he's got the money to buy you. Yeah, that's well. That's the problem they have with Trump. You know, <laughs> the problem they have with Trump is that Trump doesn't need the job or the money. As a well, matter of fact, trying, what they're people trying to take all his money away. Well, what and they're people working on it hard. What people keep forgetting is that Trump never took a salary. He never, as president, took a salary. He always donated his salary to a charity. He never took a salary. They don't talk about that. He never took a salary, and unlike Joe Biden, he never took a bribe either. You know, uh, whereas Joe Biden has made his money, his fortune, his family fortune by selling access to our government, to yeah. our our halls of Congress and stuff like that. That's what Joe Biden has done throughout the course of his career. And he may have sold us out entirely. Now, you know, as far as Donald goes, you know, his his money is represented by things that he owns and. What's going on with Jack Smith and Leticia and all of this going on in New York? She's got a, a history uh, of going after real estate type people, and she uses twisted reads on the law and real estate mm. law and misrepresentations. And in the past, she's won not because she was right, but because of how she manipulated things. And her her thing was will take away his real estate holdings and any profits he had from it. Wait a minute. And so to me, this is their way of having a rigged system to go after Trump. It doesn't matter yes. how innocent he proves himself. They want to take away what makes his total wealth. If you know Donald Trump, you know one thing. He's a New Yorker. He is a New Yorker. I mean, he's born and bred in New York. 
I heard him say yesterday as he was walking out of the courtroom, you know, for any business who wants to come into New York, don't do it. Don't do well, it. Yeah. This is a guy who built the Trump Tower. He he has built fabulous buildings. He's regenerated and refurbished uh, ice skating rinks in Central Park, things like that. And by the way, he did that because the ice skating rink in Central Park was under contract with another contractor, and they weren't getting the job done. I mean, months and years went by. You're exactly right. So finally, Trump said, what's the story with that? And they said to him, well, the contractor just can't get it done. He said, let me do it. He had it done in record time, and it looked fabulous. But that's the kind of guy Trump is. Uh, I don't think he'd be making any ice skating rinks for New York right now. It well, is unless no- it was a skate out of the state. But you know what? People are leaving New York right now. By When I say droves, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people are going, see you, New York, but I, you know, I'm yeah, out of here. I don't blame As them. we say. Uh, but I wonder, do you remember, I think it was back in the 70s, when New York was bankrupt, which uh, the city is about to go bankrupt again, and somebody could have come along and bought the damn city. So <laughs> let's just say that right now with all the havoc that's going on, and let's say Trump gets through all of this, whether he gets into office or not, and he goes, no, nah, I don't need a salary, but I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to take New York. I'm going to buy it. And he buys it. Well, I guess I, I don't know whether you can buy the city. You can buy probably its debt. And when you own its debt, then you own is the, the city. city inco- is the city incorporated? I believe it is. Yeah. It so you is. can buy a corporation. What is, is it's a difference between a private and a public corporation, you know? Yeah, I know. I get uh, it. So I, 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 that's a good, that's, that's a very, very good question. I, I don't know whether I mean, he'd want to. buy the damn place? Well, the guy's used to buying good investments, and I don't know whether New York is a good investment right now, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's got a lot of rats in it. You know, I, 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 like I've told you before, I, I worked in New York and, I loved New York. I loved working in New York. It was exciting, vibrant, alive. And it was not during a time when New York was on the upswing. There was no renaissance. I was there in the late 70s, and it was having its problems, like you said, Bill. You would mm-hmm. walk into Times Square, and it was like walking into a a, a pornographic village. You know, I mean, there, there were strip joints all over the place. And what Rudy Giuliani did when he became the uh, the mayor in the 80s, is he turned the whole city around. He turned, I mean, all of a sudden Times Square became, uh, it was like going to Disneyland. I mean, they had the Disney store and the Warner Brothers store, and and they outlawed all of these uh, adult uh, film places and strip joints, and they made Mm -hmm. it a family-friendly place. All of a sudden, it was like walking into a a high-end mall, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in suburbia when you went to Times Square, except... You had the biggest stores, the, the, the shiniest stores. He got rid of crime on the street. You know, he made it so that uh, criminals were on the run. Now we have these, for the past uh, two mayors at least, this uh, de Blasio uh, doofus that they had for two terms uh, in New York who literally just, he, he just destroyed the city. And now this guy Adams, this guy Adams, I'm sorry, he he has glimmers of of hope, but he's a jerk. You know, he's he's more interested in wearing nice suits and going on the Tonight Show. You know, 
Um, anyway, well, I, there, there's one thing for PR, but uh, he's got the wrong idea for PR, and he's selling the wrong story, and it's not the people's story. So, you know, Elon Musk, uh, he had some other comments about uh, about where we're going and World War Three, and uh, mm-hmm. he he listen to this. Yeah, well, I, I'm just looking at saying like to the point that was mentioned a moment ago. Actually, that touched on by a number of people that. Um, we're not fighting small fry here, or at least the potential is here is not a small fry battle. It is a massive battle where the industrial capacity is of comparable size to you know sort of the Western alliance or greater uh, or greater. Yes. I mean, at this point, correct. China has more manufacturing capacity than the United States. Mm-hmm. That is correct. And the, Europe yes. combined. <laughs> um, yes, it's. It's com- it's roughly on par. Let's just say, like, one could debate whether it's bigger or. or but it's the, the point is that that we do not have an overwhelming advantage in industrial might, um, and the, the the foundation of war is economics. I, it, like this this I, this should be obvious to everyone, but it's often at this point is lost. The foundation of war is economic power, especially industrial output. Basically, how many tanks and guns and drones can you make relative to the other side? That's what it comes down to. And, um, and, and in fact, it may be the case, uh, if not now, <clears throat> in the future, it, it probably will be that, that, that a, a Russia-China-Iran alliance uh, can outproduce the, the Western alliance. Um, so, but, but it's, let's just say the, the, the point is that in order for there to be a global conflict of World War Three. You have to have two superpower alliances like that. That that where, where one cannot easily defeat the other one, and we, and and that is the case. And 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 that I think is a massive shift in thinking. People do not understand. Um, most people do not understand. I think people in this this call perhaps understand, but I do understand. But 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 most do not. Um, and. Uh, this is so, so. I think we want to try to avoid that, um, and, and and I hope it is not something that is historic. That 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 where the tides of history are simply going to sweep us in this direction. Because there's a strong argument that that these things are actually unavoidable, and the tides of history will sweep us in that direction, whether we like it or not. Uh, but we should try to uh, avoid that if at all possible, um, and. and uh, and, and unfortunately, our policy has been driving, but forcing really, uh, uh, Russia and Iran to uh, ally with China. It's been forcing them. What, are they, what choice have we given them? Um, and so, and, and, and Russia has the raw materials, and China has the industrial capacity. It's frankly a perfect match uh, from a war standpoint. So, I think we need to stop doing that. It's unwise, uh, and 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 I think will will lead to immense risk on the to, to civilization. I just want to emphasize that like that there's there's civilizational risk. There's, there's, there there are tragedies on on an individual level, tragedies on a community level, and then there are then there's civilizational risk. We just need to make sure that we are not putting civilization itself at stake, which is World War Three. Much of what he said, uh, Doug McGregor said yesterday, yeah. uh, and it's true in that we are on the verge of World War III 
we're like he said sleepwalking towards towards it I and agree. uh we have actually be probably going back to the Ukraine because of our stance in the Ukraine and all of this rhetoric that we've thrown towards Russia from that situation we've forced them to build a relationship with China never mind the Middle East the Ukraine did that well and now it's just going to get stronger because of Iran and uh, and our position, you know. Uh, well, it, the question should be on the Ukraine is not what are we protecting, what are we hiding, and you know the answer to that. Oh, Bill, uh, I, that would take honesty, and I I don't see a lot of honest uh, and then people. The out other there question, right now. based on Elon Musk, what he just said, because you know he is right. He gets down to um, it's it's economic power, it's industrial. And, you know, we have alliances in the European alliance. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but you know where we don't have alliances is right right by our homeland in the Americas. And maybe we need to refocus some of our thinking and politicizing in what we do. We have nobody driving the bus uh, right now. Okay, we don't have well, we, anybody who... We've got a mindless clown is what we got. Well, yeah, okay. That If you want to say that, that's fine. But in my opinion, yeah, nobody has their hands on the wheel. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not paying attention. Everything, when it's a surprise to you, the listener, it's a surprise to the guys in Washington, too. You know, usually they're supposed to be a few moves ahead of us. They should be able to see things developing that we haven't even seen yet. They should see stories that we haven't we haven't seen, uh, you know, on the press yet. Meaning, they should have anticipated problems in the Middle East before there were problems, because that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. That's why they have we have spies in the Middle East, and that sounds hard to believe based upon uh, our performance recently. But we have spies in the Middle East who have failed us. We should have known that there was going to be an attack somewhere in the in the Middle East. We should have known that uh, Hamas was ready. Hey, look at, let's be practical about it. You got those gliders, right? There must have been mm. fifty of those gliders. Someone had Probably to make. More. All right, someone had to make those gliders. You think Somebody that he sold it to them? Yeah, yeah. you think that maybe someone would have said, "Wait a second, we got an order for a hundred gliders for uh, Gaza." Um, do you think that might be for, uh, are they starting a, a glider club or is there some other reason why they need these gliders? But nobody talked about it. Nothing. Well, I agree with you, but. Well, anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see what this week. Now, again, like I said at the beginning of the program, we're all focused and you're going to be hearing a lot about the shooting in Maine, which believe me. Believe me, my heart goes out to those poor victims. God bless them. It frightens me when I hear that because it could, what what for the grace of God go I? It could happen to any one of us, right, to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, while we're paying attention, while the media jumps on this story like they do, like the uh, parasites that they are, they jump on a story and they just suck the life out of it. Uh, other things are going to happen in the background because there are opportunists out there who are going to say, wait a second, now's the time to release all that information about Biden and that corruption. Just put it out there and now nobody's going to pay attention because they're well, all they looking. put a lot of balls in the air for you to pay attention to, so you will miss 
yeah. a couple of big stories. You, that they you, you know what they talked about, Bill? Uh, I heard this this morning, and it got under the wire. You know, they were saying, okay, I got a story here, as a matter of fact. It says, uh, and let's see whether I can find it in my little stack of stuff. Oh, there's, there's stupid stories out there, too. Well, the Israeli government uh, has reportedly bowed to the Biden regime and agreed to delay their Gaza ground invasion for now. This was this story was uh, printed yesterday. This morning I heard on the news, and it was thrown away, the largest incursion of Israeli forces into Gaza has happened. And yeah. I, I thought to myself, wait a second. Maybe, Contradictive. Maybe what they're saying, and we're not paying attention, is the invasion has already started. They're just not telling the world about it. You know, maybe they're sending in their troops already. Maybe instead of having this massive show of force, they're sending in a division here, a division there, a division here. Don't talk about it. Just get in there and do it. No press, no uh, no red flags. Just go in there and start the uh, the incursion. I, I, just, I think that's the kind of stuff that we as observers should be looking for right now because they're going to try to slip stuff by you. Trust me. Yeah. Well, you know, though, you know, in in regards to if you're trying to mount a military offensive, uh, it's almost impossible because of the media there. And the media uh, doesn't always have your best interests in mind, but theoretically their job is to report the news. So if you're doing something, that's their job to find it. Now, how they report it, how they present it, well, that should be, you know, it should be fair and balanced, but it never is. What we don't know, Bill, is how far away they're keeping the press from the troops. We don't, you know, we don't know whether there's any embedded troops. I doubt, seriously, that Israel will have embedded reporters uh, with their troops. I know that we, like the saps that we are, we allow reporters to ride on the Humvees and the... Uh, personnel carriers, right? We allow them, oh, just sit with the troops. You can go in with them, you know, and report from the front lines. I'll be honest with you. I never thought that was a good idea. I think that when you have a war going on, uh, one of the big things should be privacy and secrecy. You shouldn't be allowing the world to see what's happening in real time. Because right now, Bill, you can bring a video camera and a small device and you can send live footage to just about anywhere in the world. All you, you know. need is a cell phone. Yes. Come on. You know, I was seeing interviews of uh, in Russia where they were talking about whether Putin's ill or not ill. Yeah. And all the reporters were there holding their little cell phones sideways to get the video. Yeah. Because the capabilities of the technology now. That's a good is point. That, you yes. Know, you, you, you got, look, there are movies that have been shot with cell phones. That's Believe true. Believe it or not, I know. they have. I know. You can do amazing stuff. I've done videos where I've sat there and, uh, you know, this little tracking mount that I have. You put your, your, your oh, phone you can, on Oh, you it. can do all these great uh, cinematic uh, moves. With, yeah, with I can a... walk around the room going, hey, you know, I, I just wanted to show you this painting my buddy did. And I'm walking around. I'm not holding it. It, it, it tracks me. And I go, yeah, these are the Beatles right here. And look, look at the details that he did here. Well, you know, you know, you know Bill, that's all well and good. You know what the... the it's coming back to bite Hamas in the derriere, and I'll tell you why. They all had uh, GoPros, which are like it's, I have one of those. They're yeah, like they're, they're like nice. they're they're about the size about of a, the size of a, a small box of matches. Yeah, 
it's about half a pack of cigarettes, a GoPro. It's amazingly small, uh, but the resolution and the it's high definition. You watch okay. a lot. You watch a lot of TV shows, folks, like on Discovery and stuff like that. And when you have these guys out in, in the woods in the middle of nowhere, a lot of it is shot on GoPros. So anyway, mm-hmm. these guys who did the raid on October seventh, they had GoPros on these uh, these Hamas animals that uh, shot all those innocent people. Now it's coming back to bite them in the derriere because a lot of the guys who the Hamas who were killed, because you know not all of them got out of there alive, the ones that they they got neither captured or killed the Israelis, they got the GoPro cameras, and the GoPro cameras show all of the atrocities that they committed. You know, mm-hmm. they were actually proud of the fact that they were killing Jews. They they, they thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. By the way. To my Jewish friends, and I have a lot of Jewish friends, uh, how you can support anyone other than Trump is beyond me right now because the Democrats are woke and they, they can't pick a side. They, right now they're, they're going back and, poor and forth. Well, uh, we think that Israel is right, but Hamas is right too. Uh, the, the Palestinian people are right too. We believe in a two-state uh, environment. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the survival of Israel. Right. You know, a, lot you of know, people, a lot of people want it gone, Bill. Yeah, they do. And it's because we haven't done our job teaching history. So we've got a generational war there. Now, you would sit there and think uh, that maybe it's time to pass the baton down to a younger generation. But they don't understand what communism is, socialism is. They... As a matter of fact, a lot of them think, oh, socialism's a great thing. They don't know the history, the true history of America, why we're here in the first place. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of brought up a good point, but then again, it's one that I argue with because he thinks, well, number one, he thinks he'd be a great president. But, yeah, I uh, saw that. Number two, <laughs> but number two, you know, he's sitting there saying, uh, you know, he doesn't know why we don't go after young blood. He thinks it's kind of odd that uh, we are, you know, trying to elect uh, 80-year-old President Biden and 77-year-old Donald Trump, you know, that uh, we should be looking at uh, younger people in their 40s and 50s. Well, Arnold, I would tell you this, mm. because they don't understand. They, they don't even I think know you what just, you know. You just hit it on the head. They're poorly educated. Yeah, they're poorly educated. You've got to know your history. And if they knew their history, I'm all for young blood. I th- because the the future is there for them to build upon or make a dumb move. What I find if- hip- hypocritical about those guys, Bill, like Schwarzenegger, he made his career, most of it, uh, playing usually... I mean, we know he did the Terminator. That was an, an exception. But a lot of his characters were these macho guys with the, mm-hmm. with, you know, with the, he'd be carrying his uh, machine gun in one hand and he'd be saving the world and alter egos. You know, yeah, okay. And not, it, but when you hear this guy talk in real life, sometimes it's like, what a wimp! What a, you know? Yeah, he could probably snap me in half even now because he's a strong guy. But uh, you know, his beliefs. You know, why don't we go for a younger man? Wait, wait a second, Arnold. Like Bill said, they don't have the, the life experience or the education. These people right now in their 40s are the product of a school system that didn't teach history. 
Well, they want to erase history. Now, you probably have heard the the rumblings before, and I guess it's growing again. Do you know they want to actually destroy Mount Rushmore, take the heads down? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I have heard that. I I find that amazing. You know, they want to take – you want to hear another thing? What? Um, in Boston, there is a historic place called Faneuil Hall. Faneuil Hall. Mm. It is where, you know, there was a, uh, one of the first squabbles, first deaths uh, of the Revolutionary War happened outside of Faneuil Hall in, in that area of Boston. Uh, it has been the site of many a patriotic uh, meeting, and right. it means it, it's, a, it's a historic place. It has been historic for as long as we've been a country. Now there's a, a group of people in Boston, mm-hmm. and they're gaining traction who want to take the name and change it. They don't like Fanuel. What do they want to change it to? Well, they, these are the same people who want reparations, but oh, in, in, okay. in Boston— in Boston, they are getting traction. There's a movement developing where well, maybe we should change the name. I would submit that you haven't got the right to change the name of Faneuil Hall. I mean, there are some things that go beyond the power of the state. That building was there before there was a state of Massachusetts. It was being run by the British. That should be owned and operated by the U.S. government, Faneuil mm. Hall. You shouldn't have a right to change that name. You know, there's, you know, and to judge people of history with the values of today is, is insane. To, to say, well, he had uh, slaves uh, or he spoke up in favor of slavery or, hey, listen, it was maybe 1750 or 1740. Things were a little different back then. You know, uh, it was a whole different environment. And by the mm. way, the biggest slavers in the world were minorities. Did you, did you know that? The biggest slavers yeah. in the world were minorities. They enslaved their own people and shipped them out for money. So, I, I you know, I, that's not anything to be— Listen, all I'm saying is that you cannot just— make a snap judgment on anything like they the left always wants you to to make a judgment based upon your emotion your feelings ooh it's not a right thing he was a slaver well i think we should change the name no 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 there's a lot more to every story you know if they had their way i'm a big his, history buff i i go to gettysburg regularly and to antietam uh regularly uh these are places that had uh, the Confederate soldiers and the Union soldiers. Well, there's a group of people out there now who would love to take all the Confederate statues off the national battlefields. These are these are places that these guys died and shed their blood. They were Americans too. Whether they were standing on the right side or the wrong side, now that's anybody's argument. But the fact of the matter is, they were there and they died there, and they're a part of our history, good or bad. You don't just you don't just salute the good things all the time. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to see your warts and everything sometimes, you know? You got to take the bad with the good. That's exactly right. You know, if if our kids are not taught about the Revolutionary War or the Civil War or anything like that, then 
what what kind of we're doing them a terrible disservice. Yeah. They anyway, that could go on and on. I'm I'm hey, sorry. Yeah. It's one of those days, Bill. What do you got? Well, no, 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 no. I was just going to say you were talking about um, well Kamala Harris. <laughs> oh. Apparently, uh, the reason Kamala is not uh, perceived well and not doing well is uh-huh. because. Are you ready for us? She's a numbskull. Or, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's your fault, Jim. I'm sorry, but because just, yeah, no. because you're a sexist and a racist. Uh oh. I'm that's a, the me? She's not. Yeah. Oh, We're God. sexist and racist, and that's why she's not doing well or doing her job or perceived well. Oh man, you know, listen. The last thing I am is a sexist and a racist. I'm the father of two daughters and the grandfather of a granddaughter, and and I have a very you have no room to be a oh, sexist. Oh, listen, I'm surrounded by women, and they're the boss. And that's fine with me, because life has um, been pretty good. Uh, you know, a sexist and a racist? Let me give you an example of what happened to me yesterday. I went into oh, a, here we go. a box store. <laughs> I went into a box store yesterday, and I had to buy paint. And I'm in the paint department. There's a young woman, about uh, maybe 30, behind the counter, and this guy, about 55, also wearing the box store vest, walks over, and he walks to me. And I'm thinking that he's the guy in charge of the paint store, paint department. I said, well, I'm looking for a, 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 a what they call a marine gray paint that I can put on the floor, a cement floor. And he said, oh, well, you'd have to talk to her. She's in charge of the, uh, of the paint department. And I turned to her, and she was very accommodating, very pleasant. And I said to her a little later on, I said, I hope you'll excuse me. I thought that the gentleman who approached me was uh, working in your department and was asking whether I I needed some help. I would definitely have gone to you first, and I had every intention of going to you first. It wasn't. I wasn't trying to slight you. And she said, "Oh, don't worry about no big thing. You were. I understand completely." She was very understanding, but. You know, I, I'm I'm sensitive to stuff like that. You know, you you don't you don't want to get it. Some of these people, they they work very hard to get to a certain place, and you don't want to, you know, take them for granted. You know, well, so Jim, I, anytime you're in a box store, don't talk to Wally. <laughs> I won't. I, when when I Wally strolls, when Wally <laughs> strolls over to me now. Um. Anyway, uh, you know, Bill, it, not it, his world. The things that we have to pay attention to right now. I think what Elon Musk said really resonates with me, and you probably feel the same way. We're kind of sleepwalking into uh, World War III. But, you know, and I said this yesterday, if if we were to uh, just go say to Israel, don't do the war, don't protect yourself, don't defend yourself, just stay as, as you are right now, that wouldn't stop Hamas from attacking and doing more bad things. You know, when you get into a, a fight, even if you want to stop the fight, the other guy wants has to want to stop the fight too. Otherwise, you're going to get the tar knocked out of you. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I, I think Hamas they can say, "Oh, you know, Israel's picking on." If Israel were to stop right now and say, "Okay, we're going to give you a second chance, but be a good boy from this point on," I think Hamas would. Uh, Take a deep breath, gather up their uh, weapons, and before you know it, they'd be attacking somebody else again. I agree with you. You know, we're, we're walking into World War III, stumbling in, uh, sleepwalking in, whatever you say. Uh, the good news is it is not the first time we've been close to World War III 
and we came to our senses and we 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 notched it back and got things together so that by saying that but it's up to us you know we've got to get the powers that be straightened out we got a lot of problems on our plate we just got to address them and hopefully you know the election of the speaker of the house and hopefully he's a good guy we will get things turned around there and get things reshaped because how I'll much tell you can what, he do below his speaker you know they talked about him yesterday like he was he had all this power and so much could happen under his uh tut- well, his tutelage you know what do you think well, I look at Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and what the hell they did in just two years, mm. you know, because well, that's a good they, point, you know, and Obama, you know, he set the plate, you know, now Trump, you know, he turned things around, but they quickly unraveled everything. And I think the, the good thing about what's happened about Biden coming in and Pelosi having all that power is people saw people are now looking back going, wait, 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 wait. I was better off with Trump. You know, know, a lot of just, people are saying that, Bill. A lot of people. I was better off. I voted. Now, I voted. Some, someone's saying I voted for Biden. I voted for uh, uh, his predecessor, Obama. But oh, I, I think I was actually better off under Trump. They're surprised. Yeah, and because he has been portrayed that way. I, you know, if you want to sit there and make a decision by all the dirt that they are slinging at him. Maybe some of it's true, you know, infidelities are like that. Joe has been, you know, uh, a, a creeper. Uh, Bill Clinton's been a creeper. Hey, you're not voting um, for a priest. You're not voting for yeah. a minister. You're voting uh, for a president. Uh, Obama and his uh, thing and his mussings, uh, his writings from the past mm-hmm. and what's going on with him. Well, he's not a saint either. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Hillary, oh, she's no saint. You know, come on. Let's we're electing somebody that has the ability to put us on a path of positive, you know, uh, you know, not a path of poverty, but a a path of prosperity. Yeah. And, you know, a a good uh equal justice playing field and Trump was doing that. We are in a situation now, if we're going to World War III, folks, you know, we talked about that oil reserve situation where, we, where Biden just gave all that oil reserve away. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, now we're in a tough situation. We have we have a minimal amount of oil in reserve. We have uh, we're fighting with we'd be fighting with the Middle East, which has control of all of our fuel supply right now because he shut off our oil wells. And it would take a while, by the way, to get those oil wells up and running again internally. So he's put us in a terrible situation. We don't have the the weaponry anymore because we're giving most of our shells and ammunition to the Ukraine. So we're stuck right now, thanks to this administration and their poor planning. And mm-hmm. uh, and like uh, Elon Musk said, we're sleepwalking our way into World War III. Uh, Bill, I think we've done it, don't you think? I think it's... Uh, yeah, time to put I think, a fork I in it, it, you know. Yeah, it's time to uh, you know to take this pig off the Barbie. <laughs> yes, uh, I never heard it referred to uh, that way before, but it's interesting. Uh, you can call us at eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbillatmail.com. And without any further ado. Hasta la vista, baby. We are out of here.
The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>